Hello and welcome to the Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we try a new brew and we see what God is doing for us, brewing for us, doing brewing, all the same, in the Bible. Yes, it's the Bible. It's cheesy, but it's true. Not the Bible, but our saying that opens up the Daily Brew. Anyway, let's get going. We're at day 350. We are on that home stretch. It is tea week. I am trying cold brews all week. I'm choosing some of my absolute favorites, doing them in the cold brew, even though they're not designed for that. But I felt like in this season, we're stepping into, on the day of filming, a beautiful summer period. And so I thought, look, I do tend to drink less hot tea in the summer, though I don't completely cut it out of my life. I do still drink hot tea, but sometimes you know, just a refreshing cold drink makes all the difference. So we're going to try a new cold brew tea very soon. But first, let's see what scriptures we're going to be looking at today, because that is really why you are here. So let's get going into that. So first up, we are going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 30, verses 24 to 33. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 to 21, and chapter 10. Ezra chapter 2, verses 68 to 70, chapter 3, and chapter 4, 1 to 5. Now, if you didn't quite catch that, that's okay. As you know, it's in the descriptions below. So, we are getting into this right now with our brew, our cold brew. And today I have got one of my absolute favorite teas, Earl Grey. So jasmine green tea and Earl Grey are probably my two top teas, apart from, of course, gumboot tea, which you just cannot beat. But I thought that's going to be a bit nasty in the cold, so we're not going to do that in the cold. We're going to try the Earl Grey, which is another black tea, similar to the gumboot tea. It is a little bit more flowery. Turns out I like a bit of a flowery tea, I've discovered. But I, I don't know how this is going to go in a cold, because it's definitely still a black tea. Black teas don't tend to be iced, from my experience. So let's give it a go. I'll give you a cheers. We'll see how we go here. Mm. Do you know what? Do you know what? It actually tastes like an iced tea with zero sugar. You know, like the bottled teas, maybe on our store-bought super can or bottle week. We've had a few of these iced teas. It actually tastes like one of those, but it just does not have the sweetness factor. I don't hate it though. I just don't know if I would make it my first choice. I think the jasmine green was definitely better cold. Mm. I think if you like black tea, it's definitely got a strong black tea flavor. I think it loses some of that flowery Earl Grey in the cold. The heat must just, I don't know, stir up those flowery bits. A bit. But anyway, I could probably talk about tea for so much longer than you want me to. So let's get into the Bible because that is the reason you are here. We are called to honour God. Though honour is something often misrepresented and misunderstood, it is our calling as followers of Jesus to give him the glory and the honour he deserves. He is worthy of all honour, all glory, all power and all all praise. So today, we're going to look at ways our scriptures reveal that we can honor God. So in Proverbs, we see that we can honor God by exalting him. We can honor him by outworking his will, by stirring up good and not evil. Our lives should be devoted to building the name of Jesus, not our own name. 
verse 33 and 32, 32 33, it says this, if you play the fool and exalt yourself, or if you plan evil, clap your hand over your mouth. For as churning cream produces butter and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. As much fun as stirring people up may be to you, it is not something that brings glory to God. Secondly, in Revelation, we're reminded that he is honored when we speak the message of Jesus and the truth of who he is. Not everyone will be interested, but some will. To those who believe, the message will be as sweet as honey, as we read in chapter 10, verse 9. And their lives will be transformed by Jesus. You see, I think it's very easy for us to feel like when no one's listening to our excited sharing of Jesus gospel, when no one seems to be, to give up. But the reality is not everybody's going to hear it. Doesn't mean we shouldn't share it. God has a plan for those who will receive it. And so that means we must continue to keep going, keep reaching out, keep sharing the goodness of Jesus with everybody. We're going to be surprised. We're never going to know who's going to receive it and to to whom the message will be sweet as honey. In our scripture today, we see the end of the seals opened and judgment being poured out. And we see the arrival of an angel Some interpret that this may be a picture of Jesus. Either way, he is a roaring, victorious, glorious being, bringing truth to the earth. Finally, in Ezra today, we see and we are reminded of our mandate to sacrifice for the glory of God. That's how we glorify God. We bring sacrifice. I'm not talking about animal sacrifice, just be clear about that. We know that immediately that became an unnecessary with the sacrifice of Jesus once and for all. But that didn't mean that sacrifice itself was abolished. Our sacrifice is our own will and our own way. It's our time, our gifts, our preferences, and shock horror, our finances. That is the sacrifice that we still bring. Giving is an essential part of our worship and service to God. Your gifts should not come grudging, begrudging or forced, but generous offerings of free will. The people in the book of Ezra gave generously, each according to their ability. And I think that's important, each according to their ability. Don't compare yourself or your giving to those around you. Give what is within your means and what is within your capacity. And there was enough in the book of Ezra to do the work. We don't need to give beyond our ability. That's foolish. But we are called to give generously, sacrificially, freely, joyfully, so that the Lord's will may be done in us and through us. We honor God when we give because we say, you first, your will, your way, your plan, God. I come second and no one else in heaven or on earth or under the earth is worthy of that honor. All right, time for verse of the day. And today we are calling it out from the book of Ezra, chapter three, verse 11. It says this, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. 
And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The people stopped at a milestone moment and praised the Lord. We must remember to celebrate the Lord and what he is doing while we're in the middle of it as well. It can be easy when we see a goal or a vision of what something could be or simply get our heads down and go for it until we see it done. But there is great power and encouragement in celebrating the moments along the way. You'll read that this verse goes on and people also weep. Sometimes the journey of restoration is also one of grief for what has been before and what was lost. But we remember that our God is a God of hope. A God, for who, a God who for us says the best is yet to come. We look forward to our future with great hope and vision and excitement because God has greater in store for us. Don't forget to celebrate and don't forget to remember that the best is yet to come. Alright, that's it today for the Daily Brew. Thank you so much once again for having me. I hope you enjoy the scriptures. I know that you will. hope you enjoy the devotional and I hope you enjoy a little bit of iced tea homemade from a tea bag with some cold water in the fridge. I certainly did. And hey, if it's the start of your day, have a wonderful day. And if it's the end of your day, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for day 353 of the Daily Brew.